0: From a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider meeting up again to talk about all things local cagers, beginning, I suppose, with the trade deadline which just passed the San Antonio Spurs, who typically, throughout their 50-year history, have not partaken much in that trade deadline, but I'm your host, Mike Finger, here with B-Writers, Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and Express News Sports editor Nick Talbot. Who wants to talk about the trade deadline? The departed Josh Richardson, the departed Jakob Pertl, the arrived Devontae Graham, the arrived Kim Birch, who may or may not have a good body or a bad body, according to Greg Popovich. Jeff McDonald is checking in. I, I misspoke earlier. I said we're across South Texas. I believe oh, Jeff North McDonald America. is in some part of a, Yes. Jeff McDonald's in some part of Ohio uh, where right. there may or may not be a lake on fire, but, uh, well, but what, a what's great the state lake. of your cagers now? Yeah, go ahead. It's a great lake that I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, is it on fire? It is
1: not on fire this today. Much improved Cleveland. No, that's old stereotype. Come on, Mike. Come on.
0: Are the Spurs on fire or, 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 or do they have
2: things under control on fire? Like the, like the meme, the, this is fine meme on fire.
0: Well, I mean, it, it could be argued that, that you know, at, at the time of this recording, I believe they're on they're they have a chance to tie the longest losing streak in franchise history, which is exactly what this season was about, was it not?
3: Everything yeah. is going according to plan.
0: Lots of first round
2: picks, lots of draft picks coming up, thanks to the various trades and uh, a really, really bad record. I mean, every time I type it in, I mean, as we sit here today, 14 and 43. Like, it just, it just blows your mind. But they're doing what they need to do. They've, they, uh, I think right now they're all alone in second to last place in the NBA standing. So that's good. Good work. They can maybe catch the Rockets, which would uh, which would also be helpful.
1: Yeah. It it sounds,
2: it's,
0: go ahead, Tom. It's,
1: it's going perfectly as planned, I think. You know, they're losing. Uh, they're playing hard. You're seeing individual development. And I'm thinking primarily of uh, Jeremy and uh, Malachi Branham. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's going splendidly. But <laughs> if, if you're if you're uh, adhering to the plan outlined by Brian Wright, uh, some people aren't on board with that. But I think if if you're just looking at it from Brian uh, from management's perspective, I go I think it's going pretty well.
2: Do we care that um, the Spurs defense, which was already the worst defense known to man in the history of the universe, it seems like on paper is going to get a lot worse with Jakob Pertle and Josh Richardson now uh,
0: elsewhere. Do we, do we care about that at all? Or is that just, is that fine too? I think that was kind of the point. Um, and Tom kind of beat me to the punch earlier um, with what he said about the teams losing and playing hard. Um, that can sound kind of ridiculous <laughs> in a way because Pop says it all the time. Tom, Tom was sounding like Pop in that regard in that, you know, complimenting the effort, uh, losing games but trying hard, getting the development that the team wants. It's not like the team is losing close. They're in they're – in, they have the worst – not only do they have the second worst record in the league, they have the worst point differential in the league. They're not – exactly threatening to win a lot of these games, even though they're keeping things interesting for, for two, three quarters of a night. Um, but I think there's something to it. Like it's if, if you watch the game, it was the last game that Mr. Orsborne covered um, on this rodeo swing, which we're in the middle of. We haven't mentioned the rodeo swing yet on this podcast, but this is the annual rodeo trip. Tom's last game was in Detroit. The team had just... Traded Jakob Pertle, had just traded Josh Richardson, had just added Devontae Graham, who didn't have really a full practice under his belt yet. And Ooh. they played like crazy, forcing <clears throat> double overtime. Like they they were down and could have just let it go away. That was an important game in the tankathon. Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, sweepstakes. And that Detroit's another team at the bottom of the standings. Detroit was willing to win that game, had an eight point lead in the fourth quarter, and your local Cagers would not let them. Came back, tied it. Played a great first overtime, kind of gave an effort in the second overtime, and then it, then it got away. But th- this isn't a team that is, from the player standpoint, from the coach's standpoint, trying to lose. It's just losing. It's just wow. happening naturally, and I think that's fine. I, I feel like nobody gave
2: Devontae Graham the memo. Like that should be the first day of orientation when you get when you get traded to the Spurs. Like you know we're trying to lose, right? Because he nearly shot them to victory there in Detroit with his thirty-one points in his Spurs debut, which we found out was a record for a Spurs
3: debut. You're using know, Willie
0: Anderson.
3: You're just happy to finally get some playing time. Yeah. Kind yes. of showed he could do. <laughs> finally, he, he'd kind of been buried on the depth chart in New Orleans before the Spurs got him after a uh, couple of decent to, you know, slightly maybe above average or a- at least average seasons in, in Charlotte where he scored a lot and played pretty good defense. Uh, shot, the three, shot the three well there, and but didn't the, none of that translated to New Orleans, which kind of led him to where – he is now, which is with the Spurs as the backup point guard to Trey Jones.
2: It would have been a fun, uh, a fun story at the end of the year if, like the trade for Devontae Graham, had won them that one game <laughs> that cost them Victor Wimbanyama. That's that right. Was,
0: yeah. That would have been really fun. But then two nights later, the rest of the Spurs pulled it out, though. The two nights later in Atlanta, you saw exactly why <laughs> New Orleans threw him in. Uh, there, there was there was a, a couple of um, pull up threes that Devontae Graham had that. Greg Popovich has never allowed a player to shoot in his entire life. I mean, there was one at the at the top of the of the three point circle, where uh, I think John Hollinger noted um, the the shot hit Jerry West, the, Jerry the NBA West logo the corner, yeah. on the side of the the NBA logo on the side of the backboard. It, it was corner, one of the worst yeah. three point shots I've ever seen in my life, and it was kind of like, okay, that's he why he's up, here. He, fit, he he's fitting he, in. He pulled <laughs> up from dead from dead on and hit the corner of the backboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Devontae Graham probably not – if he turns out to be something, that's fine. I think he's under contract with guaranteed money next year, a little bit of guaranteed money the, the year after that. But that trade was not made to get Devontae Graham. It was, it was made just to collect second-round second picks, round pick? which the Spurs are picking up like hotcakes. And the whole NBA is just spreading around like hotcakes. I don't know what second-round picks are worth anymore, but the Spurs – have a crap ton of them, so that's something. Is is that um, official?
3: A crap ton is that the official number? Do, right, I, like I the didn't do know
0: the official number. I didn't do the metric ton metric to standard conversion. There, uh, I think crap ton might be metric. Um, that's what they say in
1: Canada. I noticed crap ton. So okay, I think you're onto something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not to be uh, you know, Devonte. Uh, yeah, that was the story, obviously, in in uh, Detroit, but. Wow, what a performance by Branham. Uh, fair high points, season high points. And and Zach Collins, uh, you know, 29 points, had a double-double. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the point is going back full circle. These guys are trying to win. They want to win. They're playing hard. Uh, and they're developing at the same time. Um, we over, We overlook sometimes that Collins, you know, he's 25, and he's finally showing what he can do because he's healthy. He works. A, he works a crap ton in practice. Uh, <laughs> after practice, and it's it's showing. I mean, that, that guy's developing as well. Uh, uh, I don't think we can dismiss him as a piece that they they may want to keep as a backup center.
0: Well, he's going to get a lot of opportunities um, with Jakob gone, and I yeah. guess this is that eases into the transition of the Pirtle trade. Which we have mentioned on this podcast many, many times—not over the past few months, but over the past couple of years—and that um, you know he's a guy that the Spurs really liked. He turned out to be one of the true upsides of that Kawhi Leonard trade from back in the day, and I think Jeff can fill us in on the 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 tote board of what the Kawhi Leonard look trade looks like at the moment. But yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have the specifics
2: right in front of me, but I do know. You know when you play it all out to where it is now, um, they they flipped Kawhi Leonard essentially for four first round picks and four second round picks, and two of those first round picks have already been made uh, in the form of uh, Keldon Johnson, which was you know th- that was the immediate pick they got for Kawhi, and uh, Malachi Branham, which I believe is what they got from uh, Chicago last year when they flipped Thad Young, yeah, yep. who, who they got in the Demar DeRozan deal who they got in the Kawhi deal. So if you play all those things out, it's four firsts and four seconds, which is a pretty good haul for a guy that played, played you know, Kawhi that had played nine games the year before and really had you over a barrel.
3: If, yeah. if you go oh. back in time, you can say they got four first-rounders and four second-rounders for George Hill.
0: That's really stretching it, but that's interesting.
3: And yeah, that's, that's who they traded for that's who they traded to get the Kawhi pick, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well was was there a pick involved in that? Or was that I don't was I don't know if that was Georgie for Kawhi straight up, was it? it no, it was George, it was George
2: for Kawhi and Davis Bertans. There you go.
1: So they 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 got that, was
2: the, that was the darndest thing about that trade is the Spurs had the pacers throwing in the sweetener.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: One of the biggest so they, police jobs in in NBA history, but
0: anyway. So, so then we can go back and um, we can go back and look at what what the Spurs got for Dobbs and throw that into the for George Hill thing. George well, Hill really created a <laughs> what, a hole. What,
2: what they got was cap space to to sign Marcus Morris
3: for Dobbs. <laughs> yep. The only disappointing um, thing about the trade deadline is that George Hill got traded and he did not come back to the Spurs to get them cap space and more more picks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Boban is available. I don't know if he still be available. Nope. available Bobon is going.
2: When you... Boban is going to be re-signed by uh, Houston, so oh, okay. he's off. Okay. He's
0: off the table. Okay. They the sort of, they, they sort
2: of, they sort of did the the Rockets sort of did the Gorgie Jing thing with, uh, with Boban and released him for a second so they could complete a trade, and then they're going to re-sign.
0: Uh-huh. There's a lot of similarities there between um, Gorgie and Boban, just people guys that everybody loves and and you want to have in your locker room whether he plays or not. Um, how many times have the Spurs signed Gorgie this year, by the way? Counting counting the offseason, when they signed him for the first time, that would, be, that would he's autographed four contracts for him this year. What a great guy. Great great guy to have around. I love him. He was involved in the DeJounte Murray. We can talk about this, too. The DeJounte Murray um, trash talk, which yes. even Pop loved. Yes. Uh, Pop loves Jeremy Sohan's trash talk. Jeff can talk about that in a little bit. Pop loved. DeJounte Murray talking trash at the Spurs bench in the long-awaited reunion between DeJounte Murray and the Spurs in Atlanta the other night. And uh, Pop said that Gorgie was the one in the middle of it. Gorgie mm-hmm. said something to DeJounte. DeJounte hit a three. Uh, DeJounte talked back. Yeah, Gorgie Sohan not, is talking. not on the floor at this time, by the way. He's sitting Gorgie. on the bench talking. Gorgie's sitting on the bench. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Sohan's talking about everyone in Atlanta's mother. And Pop just laughs, even though this is something that uh, – I think Pop would have jumped all over Tim Duncan for talking trash. Not that Tim would have done it, but uh, it's Jeff wrote about this um, within the past couple of days in your Dead Tree San Antonio Express News, also on ExpressNews.com. You know how good that deal is. You know how to sign up for the Express News new uh, newsletter, newsletter. So I won't tell you about it. Um, I won't insult your intelligence. Everyone listening to this podcast is on ExpressNews.com, getting the Express News Spurs newsletter. Um, but, but. Pop, these days is speaking more glowingly about Jeremy Sohan than he maybe ever has about a rookie. Jeff,
2: yeah, I would agree with that. Um, especially like if you mean, serious. I mean, he did call George Hill his favorite player ever, but yeah, I think it's a little bit of a a little bit of a wink and nod. Not his rookie back. year, though. I think maybe I can't remember. Maybe, maybe you're right. Did. Maybe maybe it
0: wasn't his rookie year. He notoriously known. said these playoffs, George. These playoffs aren't for George Hill. Isn't that the isn't that the story there, where he didn't play George in the in the playoff series? That's true. We're going buddy. we're going way down a tangent here, but um, the the development of Jeremy Sohan, you and you and Tom can speak on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's doing everything for them, um, including the intangibles that you guys are talking about talking. Talking trash and uh, getting into the skin of other guys, um, just going to get better and better. And when you when you put him on a really good team or a better team, he's going to stand out more and make the other guys other guys better as well. Um, yeah, I mean, they should be totally pleased with his progress. We've,
2: we've talked about his defensive switchability and versatility before, but his I think his offense has come around like probably oh, no huge predicted. way. In, in, uh, this quickly, you know, he's got he's already got a thirty point game under his belt, and I don't think any of us would have guessed that that he'd have one of those this year. Not, um, when, not I don't, when
3: you're shooting free throws one handed. Yeah. No.
2: Yeah, and that game in Atlanta, um, the first five or six minutes, he was doing everything, like everything, running yep. hook shots and three pointers and a little a little post up in the lane and finding guys for assists, and he was yep. he was doing everything. I mean everything. So I mean. And that's a guy who didn't score 20 points in college. Yeah, where where he's come from two months ago offensively <laughs> to now is is pretty
0: pretty phenomenal.
1: Yeah, the playmakings there too, the ball handling skills. Yeah,
0: there are some some draft picks from that first round that made some early impressions for other teams, um, including guys who were picked after Sohan. I mean. Oklahoma City's thrilled with one of those two, Jalen Williams. Um, uh, Walker Kessler in Utah yeah. has been good. Yeah. Uh, Duren. Um, there, were, there, there were guys who, for brief moments, looked like, oh, what, should the Spurs have been on them? I think if you asked them right now, like there's no way they would take, take anybody else over Sohan. That Sohan. And, and they probably never would have. But, I mean, that pick is looking like it could be just fine. Not to yeah. say he's going to be the best player in the class, or even you know the, the the in the top two or three in that class, but for where they picked last year, they got a guy who they feel is going to be an important part of a winning team some point. And uh, and you'll take that any day of the week.
2: For sure, he's in the Rising Stars Challenge. You know, well deserved honor there. Like he's he's going to be part of what they're building for sure. I mean, I don't think we're breaking any news there.
0: We didn't. We. Uh, it's probably my fault, but we steered away from the the turtle topic, which I I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on. Um, do you did what, what was your thought on whether they should have traded them? Did they get enough? Did they wait too long to trade him? Um Just your general thoughts on getting what one one first rounder, which is uh, protected top six, I believe, and uh, and that's basically it. Because Kim Birch. Jeff asked uh, Pop the other night when when Birch is going to be available to play. If it's just red tape, Pop said, "No, it's his body." And his uh, body. that's 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 just a great answer. He's got a bad body. We're not going to be any more specific than that. I think it was a knee issue, but uh, they they traded for a guy who DNP body, so you know it was all about the draft pick. Go back to the purple thing. What y'all think?
1: Um, I
3: it was a pretty good return. Yeah. Coming into this draft, coming into the trade deadline, I, you know, they wanted two. I think the rumor was they wanted two first rounders, but I don't think that was ever going to happen. They ended up getting a a first and two seconds, and I think that's a pretty good haul. Uh, You look back, and you know, you saw the guys they had. Doug McDermott didn't get traded. Uh, Richardson, of course, got traded, but and they got what a first rounder and six second rounders for everything. Well, seven second rounders if you count the the trade they made, you know, week prior. Oh, that's right. You know that's you know so that's pretty good. They got seven second round picks and a first round pick out of the, out of you know something. I kind of thought going in they'd be lucky if they get a first in four seconds. Of course, that, this was the trade deadline of second. Do you want a second round pick? I will give you five of them for, <laughs> uh, for a for a fruit basket and from edible arrangements. That
2: that first round pick from the Raptors could end up being pretty good. Like you would have thought it would have been more protected than it was.
0: Top when six. I saw that it was six, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised for the Spurs. I thought it might I'm, have been lottery protected, and that would have been if, bad. If I'm
2: if I'm guessing, I think some of that that's some of the reason they were willing to take Birch because yeah. you know we'll take we'll take your extra year th- your extra year Kim Birch because he's still under contract for next season. Um, if you'll lessen that protection a little bit, like yeah. I think it's all part of the, the trip. That, that's going to be that's going to be a good pick for them, I think, because I I think Toronto is a team that probably, you know, we'll be right in the middle of the pack. Like that could still be a lottery pick.
0: The the NBA has no idea what Toronto is doing. Um, yeah. Did not know at the, at the trade deadline, whether they were buying or selling. And t- Toronto is well run. Like that's a, that's a mm-hmm. follow the organization. I'm not, yes. I'm not uh, dumping on them. It's just that they're in that situation where they could be in a lottery next year. They could try to contend again. Um, and if yeah. they're, if it would be perfect for the Spurs if they finished seventh from the bottom, because that's the best pick they can get from them. And just so the listeners out there don't think we're being overly positive, overly glowing for the Spurs in every way. Like there's there is an argument to be made that um the Spurs could have at some point gotten more than the than than this for Pirtle. um Like Nick said, they wanted to first um, maybe they could have got that at some point. Maybe they could have got a first plus a more usable player for their future if they would have done this last year at the deadline. But I, I think that the Hall, especially since it's just top six per- protected, that that pick is doing pretty good for Jakob Purtle. And there was a question earlier in the year about whether they want to keep Purtle around. I think we had this discussion on this podcast that Purtle's the type of player – who could fit into what the Spurs are doing pop compared him to uh Tim Duncan not talent wise but just in in the way that he was a leader in the locker room and does all yeah. kinds of things and works hard and sets an example they well, love I'd to keep him around
1: consistency yeah
0: right and uh what this trade does is is yes he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year yes the Spurs theoretically could sign him but i don't think the raptors gave up that pick, thinking that they're just gonna let him go in two months, especially since they're not trying to contend right now. So or trying to win a title. They have his bird rights now, so they're gonna be able to pay him. I right. think Hurdle's probably not gonna come back via free agency. I think that's the safe assumption here. So that era is over, and it's kind of sad to see that guy go because he was he was a good spur. Yeah.
2: Do you wanna you wanna go over the uh the list of upcoming picks the Spurs have in upcoming drafts or the numbers because it's pretty fun it's pretty amazing do we have 45 cool. minutes for you to do that <laughs> well I'm not going to name them all I'm just going to say 23 picks in the next five drafts 27 picks in the next six drafts 30 picks in the next seven drafts and a lot of those are our second rounders but there's a chance they could have um three first round picks and not this not starting this summer but in 2024, 2025. They're going to have three first-pound picks in both of those drafts. So
0: The key, thing to, the key things to watch are uh, as follows. Um, that first one from the DeJounte trade, which is coming from Charlotte. That's the um, one that may not ever. We'll, will we'll not um, convey this year because it's lottery protected and Charlotte's in the lottery. So they're not going to get that pick this year. You want if things to root for if you're a Spurs fan um, – In terms of the picks, you want Charlotte to make the playoffs at some point in the next couple of years, because that means you can get that first round pick, which is going to be, you know, 17 to 23 or so, somewhere in that range. So that would be cool for the Spurs if Charlotte can make the playoffs next year, the year after. So that eventually conveys because if they don't make the playoffs, I think it might be three years. Then it just kind of turns into a second or it goes away. So you want to get that pick. The other thing is, I was in Atlanta for several days last week talking to our old friend DeJounte. Um, Like, that situation with the Hawks is sort of tenuous in terms of whether it's going to blow up or not. (laughs) Whether whether the Trey Young... And it's not because they don't like Murray. They love Murray in Atlanta. Like, they consider him a leader. They like having him around. It's just, is this thing with Trey Young going to work? Is John Collins ever going to get traded? If Atlanta if that blows up and like everyone kind of is talking about Nate McMillan, like he's on his way out. Um, If they, if the, if they blow up that, if that doesn't work out, that could be really good for your local cagers. Not only because they have two unprotected first round picks from Atlanta coming up, they have a third one in there. I believe 25 and 27 are coming no matter what. And 26 is a swap. And if that's like, whenever the DeJounte trade was made, some of the people with the Spurs are like, don't forget about that swap. That swap could be important. Uh, which means if, if the, if the Hawks pick is higher than the Spurs that year, the Spurs get to to swap it. Um, the Hawks could be really not because DeJounte is bad, but they could really re- be ruining that trade at some point. Um, if, if the Spurs are picking the top 10 every year with Atlanta's picks.
2: That's why, I mean, that's why you made the deal. That was, that was a good, that was a good deal. The Spurs made too. Like I, they have a bad team record wise, but the deals they've made, like they're doing what you're supposed to do when you're in this situation.
0: Uh, The other, the other thing I was going to mention, this is getting way into the weeds that Chicago pick comes two years after they send one to Atlanta, which probably will happen this year, which means two years after that is 2025. But I believe the pick to Chicago, the, the, the chicago pick to orlando is protected um like top five top four so if chicago wins the lottery this year they get to keep that pick they wouldn't send one to orlando till next year so which means the spurs would have to wait till 2026 the 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 theme here is we're going to be talking about spurs picks from these trades for a long time into the future probably after many of us are 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 off of this podcast and out of the I business.
2: Think, <laughs> I think the other thing, the other thing I would say is like you can't
0: you can't make all these picks.
2: Like you can't draft twenty three right. players in five years. Like so, so most of this yep. is going to have to be trade butter at some point. Yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you what do you yep. bring back for that? So
1: huge amount of flexibility. Yep. Maybe pick up a player as a part of the supporting cast. Yeah. Yep. For after after whoever they get next year in the lottery.
3: Yep, plenty well, of salary, sales, plenty
0: yeah, plenty of salary cap space too. Yeah, uh, not a great time, uh, not a great off season to to wield that cap space. I mean, there's there's no obvious target to go after, but um, you could pull off a sign and trade. You could you could do fun stuff with it. Uh, they're in a they're in a position where they have options, and it probably will continue to have options and flexibility for a while now. Uh, if you if we want to look at the Rest of the season, which they, they are going to continue to play the games, whether they matter or not, whether we care or not. Um, the, the, the four way race for the worst record in the league, it's, it's become just those four teams, your, your local Cagers, the Houston Rockets, the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets, which I believe. And those four teams are going to fill the bottom four spots. They've separated themselves from the field, but it, it, there is some jockeying in there to to be number one, just to um, to kind of make sure that you don't fall too far if if the lottery balls don't. Do, do don't we want to go away. over that again? Just so everyone's Not aware. Really. I think the, the list. I think the listeners understand. If okay. if you finish with the worst record in the league, you have the same number of lottery ball conversations as the team with the third worst record. So your, your chances of getting Victor Wimbenyama Wim are the same, but if teams move ahead of you in the lottery, the farthest that the, that the team with the worst record can fall is fifth. The farthest that the team with the second worst record can fall is sixth, et, et cetera. So it could be relevant. Um, how many more games are your Cagers going to win over the next two months? I they've, said 14. <laughs> yeah, but you're that's that's insane. Um, <laughs> they have 14 now. I I set the over under with Jeff in Atlanta. I think I said 18 and a half, and I might take the over on that. Yeah, might. Like, Tom, and Nick, uh,
1: two against Houston, two against they Houston, and Charlotte.
2: Yeah. I, don't know. I don't. I don't. They'll be a good team just, too. I don't know. We're just handing them those games just
0: because those teams. They just lost to Detroit.
2: I'm, I'm not, not handing be them. Hand
3: them the games. They just might win one. Um, they might. They might. I'm yes. not
0: handing them the games. I'm just. I think they're going to be beat a good team. Like Zach Collins is going to go off for a career night at some point. Uh, they
2: haven't beat a good team in like two and a half
3: months. Well, it'll happen. They're due. It, it, they also have a lot of injuries. You know, when Devin comes back and is ready, and so we're going to we're gonna get to that point in the season.
0: We're going to get to that point in the season where. Um, Even the playoff teams are going to be resting, guys.
3: Yeah, it always
0: happens. So
3: we'll see. I think twenty and sixty-two is probably a good number to look at. That's what uh, they—that's the worst record in franchise history, isn't it? Yes. I think tying that would be a pro.
2: I think they can break it. I have faith in them. I I think they'll break it. I I think
0: nineteen. My my pick is nineteen is the number. Yeah. Five more wins the rest of the way, and that might be high. That's why I set that over under to 18 and a half. That
3: might be either You might be high, one or the other. Says uh, Jeff okay. taking 18, finger 19, and I'll take 20. Oof. There you
1: go.
3: There um, you go. Can take 17 or 21 if he wants, or even less. he you can take 14. Well,
1: no, you know, 19, 20. But it's 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 hard to see. You know, it's hard, it's hard to sit through these games sometimes when you see these guys working as hard as they do, and they – they just continue to fall short. I know the whole point is to, you know, have the plan play out. But man, like that Detroit game, I mean, you know, your objectivity hat, my objectivity hat was off a little bit, you know, just wanting them to pull that one out. You remember when the team was having
0: I think your your uh, desire there, Tom, was running contrary to most of the Spurs viewers. I shouldn't say most. I, th- yeah, well, I think fans probably feel the same way, I want to see them win every now and then. But the uh, yeah. there's there's no, lots no, of teams I, that were fine with that I, loss.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and they they should be. I'm just saying from a human standpoint. Yeah. You see these guys after every game. Yeah. Some of them, you know, do look sick. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else I want to cover before we hop off of here? Uh, we're gonna miss Stanley Johnson. What was your favorite Stanley Johnson and
2: moment?
1: Josh, and, yeah, Josh Richardson too, man, but you know, three, three really good guys working with us media wise.
0: Yeah. yeah. My favorite Stanley Johnson moment is my only Stanley Johnson moment. Uh, I believe it was up at Baruch college, Tom, uh, mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, Bar- Baruch college, the, uh, alleged alma mater <laughs> of George Santos, who claimed to have been a volleyball star there at Baruch college. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Walked into shoot around one morning with Tom Osborne. Stanley Johnson was sitting there. I never met Stanley Johnson. Uh, he yelled at me uh, that I needed to vote for Yaka Purtle to the All Defensive Team. Yeah, uh, I remember. D- yeah, I said okay. You know, I, I don't have a vote. He said, "Tell your friends to vote for Yaka Purdle for the All Defensive Team."
1: <laughs> I said, "I have I no said, friends." Mike said, "I have no friends." I said, "I have no friends." I
0: said, does, do you get a cut from Jakob Purtle if he makes the all defensive team? And he said, hell, oh, he'll throw me a couple hundred bucks. So now neither Stanley Johnson nor Jakob Purtle or Spurs anymore. I don't know if that deal still stands. Jakob Erdl is probably not going to make the all defensive team, but, uh, you know, that was, that was my Stanley Johnson memory. Do, you, do either y'all spent more time in the locker room day in and day out? Do any of you have a uh, favorite Jakob memory from several years here? Um, um,
2: we weren't in the locker room for most of the Jakob Pertl era. Yeah,
0: that's true. So, COVID, COVID times. I don't have
2: a whole lot of... I, I, it's it is just sad to see the band break. Like, uh, Jakob and Derek were fun together. Yeah. Like Derek, they were a fun little comedy duo, and that broke up last year when they sent Derek White to Boston. And, uh, yeah. you know,
1: what a season he's having.
0: Yeah. Derek
1: White. Wow.
0: It's Is that some of the former Spurs are doing okay? Um. Anyway, you know, that's, I guess that's what I'm doing. Going okay. hmm? Speaking of doing okay. I'm helping you <laughs> out. You, yeah, you, you saw that coming from a mile away. You know, the life throws you changes. Derek White probably thought I was going to be in San Antonio forever. DeJounte Murray told me last week he wanted to be in San Antonio forever. Just didn't work out that way, but they're making the most of it. You can make the most of it out there on the other side of this podcast. No matter where life takes you, this is getting ridiculous, but I'm going to finish it anyway. Uh, you know, make, them, make make the most of it. Stay positive. Maybe you can contribute to the best team in the Eastern Conference, like Derek White is. Maybe you can just uh, contribute to uh, making the person you see at the uh, local Valero station his his day a little brighter. Who knows? But Good point. until the next podcast, you know, keep it real. Take care of each other. We'll see you next time.